All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garageville Podcast. I am your host, Jason Hallman. Episode 68, I'm going to tell you what one of the most diabolical words in business is to some people. You're going to hear all about it here in this episode. I want to remind everybody to visit our sponsors. They help us make this happen. The folks over at Arlen Ness Motorcycles. Make sure you're using code GARAGEVILLE10 at checkout. to save 10% on orders over $100. The fine folks at Bell Helmets. Bell Helmets, they get me hooked up with the Carbon Eliminator. It's my most favorite helmet. Super light, great field of view, and they have lots of different styles available at Bell Helmets. Visit your local Bell Helmet dealer to get yourself an awesome, comfortable, safe helmet. Folks over at Electric Lighting, lifetime warranty LEDs, the best lighting in the V-Twin industry. Make sure you use code SPEED2021 and you'll get free shipping on your orders over $100. 1620 USA, workwear made in the United States of America, guaranteed for life. It's what I wear. It's awesome, very, very nice handcrafted clothing right here in the United States. It's expensive, but we're gonna help you with that. Use the code SPEEDMETAL and you're gonna save 20%. That is the biggest discount the 1620 offers and it's exclusive to the GarageBuilt podcast listeners. Team Dream Rides in Tennessee. Check them out at teamdreamrides.com. And the High Seas Rally. The 21st sailing of the High Seas Rally will be October 29th through November 5th of 2022. Check it out. 3,000 bikers, one cruise ship, five ports. Save $100 on your cabin when you book using code word Speed Metal. Next year, the drink card is free. That's right. You heard it first. The drink card is on us. So go to highseasrally.com and book today. Now, let's talk about the most diabolical word in business today. You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. Oh, welcome back to the Garage Real Podcast. All right, so you want to hear what the most diabolical word in business is today? No, it's not capitalism, because that is business. The word is competition. And uh, the way people view competition is probably one of the most unhealthy views you can have in business if you are going to be unsuccessful. You know, I have an old saying that the Dallas Cowboys need the Houston Texans, right? The NFL is nothing if it doesn't have 32 teams competing for one trophy, the Lombardi Trophy. And we've talked about the 300% rule. We talked about thinking big, and this is the next logical step is to think about competition in a healthy manner. Think about businesses that are successful, right? 
Think about, let's think about coffee, right? 25 years ago, I would not have, I didn't even drink coffee, but if I did, it was usually just hot black water at the, you know, at the dealership that I worked for, they would brew coffee. It was free to the salesman. It was free to the customers. It was no big deal, right? It was hot brown water, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of powdered cream. Wasn't anything special. I did know that it had caffeine in it, obviously. Everybody knows that. But And when I was on the radio a long, long time ago, it was how I got through the midnight shift, right? When you start in radio, you start in some little podunk town. I started in Muskegon, Michigan. Not so podunk, but it was, it was smaller than the Detroit market that I grew up in and went to school in, right? Well, my first job was the midnight to 6 a.m. shift. Well, I wasn't equipped for that one. So it was a pot of coffee a night until I got my, myself acclimated. Well, the reason why I talk about coffee is, is coffee is a very competitive field, right? Everybody knows somebody that goes to Starbucks every single day. And subsequently, a lot of us know people that go to Dunkin' Donuts. And Dunkin' Donuts will arguably give you a better cup of coffee. But go to try this sometime. Go to Starbucks and sit down, order your coffee. Don't just go through the drive-thru, actually go in. When you go in, it's kind of vibrant and there's things going on and you've got these baristas behind the counter and you hear clinking of glasses and you hear the shush of the, the whip machine and all these things going on and there's running water because they've always got water running to clean the sinks and clean the glasses and clean the blender uh, cups and all that thing, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. And if you look around while you're waiting in line, you're gonna see any number of people sitting there from uh, people who look like suburban housewives that are just out for the morning. They've already dropped their kids off for school. They're stopping to get a thing of coffee. They're sitting on their phone. They're FaceTiming people. You have college students that are sitting there with their laptops and their ear pods in, and they're hunkered down into some mundane uh, thesis that they've got to write for this class or that class. You've got a couple of guys that are there in suits that aren't ready to get to the meeting yet, but they're talking about what they're going to talk about in the meeting. And so they're having a pre-meeting and there's all these things going on, right? And there's, you know, there's free Wi-Fi and there's just kind of this energy. It kind of buzzes at Starbucks, right? But if you just want a cup of coffee and you want a good cup of coffee, you can always go to a Dunkin' Donuts. So, Try this. Go to Starbucks, go inside, order a cup of coffee, right? Get your coffee, sit down, give yourself five minutes, a five minute break, and just observe what you see around the coffee shop. And you're going to see any number of these things that I've just described to you, right? There's lots of stuff going on. Now, the next day, I want you to find a Dunkin' Donuts. I want you to don't go through the drive through. Go into the Dunkin' Donuts, order as close as you can to the same coffee that you got at Starbucks the day before, and sit down and observe. And look at what you see. You're going to see a completely, a paradoxically different crowd of people in that business, patronizing that business, right? With arguably just as good of a cup of coffee but the experience is totally different. No baristas singing behind the counter, no, you know, vibrant, you know, jazz music playing, no, you know, very few, you know, very few and far between do you see, you might see a suburban housewife there that's just dropped her kids off on her phone, but it's a different vibe altogether. But it's not any less successful of a business. 
In fact, one could argue that Dunkin' Donuts is a far more successful business just based on the virtue that it's been around for nearly 70 years. Dunkin' Donuts is a staple in this country. So I'm going to ask you this. Most of you that are listening to this, it either own a business or you want to own a business or you've been in business for a long time and you're kind of rethinking your business. If you are going to create a brand new coffee buying experience for the general public, what market research would you do to find out where you would put your coffee shop? I mean, most people are going to put the business that they want to put out if they're going to create a business from the ground up. They want to do it close to home, right? So they're kind of in the area. They feel like they know the market. They know the neighbors. They know the, the people around them. Maybe they've worked in this community for an, for an extended period of time, and they know that they can leverage some of their friendships. And, uh, you know, uh, if uh, if Susie and John are going to open, uh, you know, S&J Coffee or some new coffee shop, they're going to at least get visited by, you know, the people who care about them and, and you know, have heard their dream and understand what they're doing and have heard the, you know, they've heard the mission statement. They've heard the elevator speech. Maybe they've looked at a business plan or maybe they've looked at a pro forma. Maybe they've given them a little bit of business advice. Maybe they've, maybe they've made an investment in it. But if you're going to do market research on where to put a coffee shop, where is the best place to put a coffee shop? The best place to put a coffee shop is buy a coffee shop. Everybody's heard the joke that Lewis Black, the comedian, says where he goes to Houston, he goes into a Starbucks, he comes out of a Starbucks and looks across the street, and what does he see? He sees another Starbucks. So start thinking about business in terms of competition and start thinking of competition in terms of health, right? How healthy is the business idea that you have? How healthy is your business model? How healthy is your business plan? Everybody that's created a business plan has every single facet of that business plan running through their mind all day, every day, especially when, when it's fresh and especially when it's new. And that's something that we'll talk about in another podcast where people get complacent and they get apathetic and they stop being innovative and they stop looking at their business as a consumer. Having a consumer mindset can be the kiss of death for an entrepreneur, but it's almost never the kiss of death for a true entrepreneur because they don't have a consumer mindset. And so that's a critical error that most business owners have is they don't shop their business. When I worked for super shops in the early 90s, it was the first opportunity that I had to be any kind of a manager. And at 19 years old, I was given the keys to a multi-million dollar operation and an alarm code and a lot of responsibility, counting down the drawer, taking the, the bank deposit, handling money, handling large sums of, of cash uh, was something that, you know, I had never done up to that because prior to my my work there was, you know, I had had some small low-level retail experience, but at the previous competitor to super shops that I worked at Ram chargers. That was all hands off to us. We handled our per transaction cash, but anytime there was a big, big cash, sum, uh, there was a drop made. And you know, to be honest with you in business today with all the credit card and, and digital currency transactions, a lot of people don't know how to handle large sums of cash, but we can get into that at another point. But when I worked at super shops, 
they taught us how to shop our business, right? One of the things they had us do was they had us do a walk around. They had, they called it a mabwa and it was managed by walking around. It's something that I still do in my very, my, in my very own business today. And I, I teach it to everybody that works here. That's a manager for me, like my daughter. And, uh, when, when we do have a, a general manager that works here, um, we teach them that it's managed by walking around. People are creatures of habit. If you come in the same door at the same time with the same mindset every single day things get mundane you've got to shop your business you got to look at your business from a consumer's standpoint so that you understand where you may be leaving things on the table it's very difficult when you're an entrepreneur number one you think all of your ideas are stunning especially the ones that work great you don't understand why the things that you thought were great ideas aren't working and you don't get a lot of feedback that's why having a mentor is so important and why i stress that so often and so much that Find somebody who knows how to do business and just listen to them, talk to them. Don't ask them for money. Don't ask them for advice. Just say, listen, let me tell you something. Tell me what you think. It's different than asking for advice. Asking for advice is going like, hey, you know, I really don't know what's going on. Can you come and look at my business? And I just don't know what to do. It sounds very apathetic and, and there's no thought process in there. I talk about this all the time too. I've said it in the podcast before. Don't come to me with a problem, come to me with a solution. It may not be the one we use, but at least I see how your brain's working, right? So shopping your business and looking at things as a consumer is super important. Does your website work? Do all the features, when you click on something, is it there? Are the products that you're in your store relevant? Are they in stock? Are they available? Uh, do you have good pictures of them? Are there good descriptions? Chances are, you're going to find something wrong with everything that you do if you continue to look at it and look at it and look at it. I had someone tell me one time to put down the spreadsheets, quit looking at my business like that, quit being a numbers guy. It was not great advice because I listened to it and I got into uh, into the actual crux of doing the work that had to be done and it took me so far away from the, from the actual ability to forecast and look at what was going to happen and trend things because numbers don't lie that I, I lost a, a good grasp on what my business was doing, where my business was going, how competitive was my business. So shopping your business as a consumer is a very difficult thing to do as an entrepreneur. It's a very important th thing to learn. You know, secret shoppers are, it's, it's killer. You've seen, everybody's seen the undercover boss. It's kind of the same thing. It gives you a new perspective on how to look at your business. You know, when you walk into the bathroom in your business, is it clean? Always. When you walk into the showroom, is it well lit? Is it inviting? Is the music playing applicable to what your client base would want to listen to? If you walk into a store and there's gangster rap playing, well, that might be fine for you, but it might not be fine for the, you know, upper middle class 58 59 year old that doesn't listen to gangster rap he thinks that everybody's you know that listens to that is low ses and, and and a thug and i know that sounds stereotypically um you know like i'm 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 trying to point the finger but it, it's the truth you have to be inviting you have to have something right down the middle you know if you're if you're gonna not turn people off now there's always exceptions to that rule there's highly specialized um businesses that you know, if you went into West Coast Choppers 15 years ago and, uh, you know, they had uh, Christopher Cross on, on the radio, um, 
with uh, sailing away on there, that, that wouldn't work, right? But you get what I mean. Try to think of something, you know, what are you looking for when you shop, right? Are the products clean? Are they well displayed? Shopping your business is important. And why I'm stressing it so much is because if you're in business, you're in competition. Even if you don't like the word, even if you don't like the connotation, even if you don't like what you think it means or what it stands for, competition is the healthiest thing a business can do to be profitable. You have to understand your competition. And I think that you need to embrace your competition. I think you need to support your competition. I think you need to refer people to your competition when they ask you to do something that you're not the best at, when you can't apply, when you apply the 300% rule to a new client and it doesn't fit, well, your client is gonna remember you or that prospective client is gonna remember you and that you helped them if you refer that person over to one of your comp competitors because there's somebody out there that does something better than you and you should know who it is. We have a competitor within 500 yards of this shop that doesn't do the exact same thing that we do. And I'll tell you, we share customers sometimes. Sometimes people go over there and they're not happy with what they get and they come over to us. And sometimes they're not happy with what they get over here and they go over to them. You need to find out what it is that would lead a customer to go to your competition, and that's what you need to work on. It's a gift. Knowing your, comp your competition and knowing them well, that is a gift. Even if, you are, don't even if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you don't have any direct competitors near you, and there's several people who listen to this podcast because you guys reach out to me through DMs and stuff, and I know who you are and you know who you are, that tell me all the time that they appreciate what we do here and they appreciate what we talk about because they don't have somebody close to them, right? They're the only motorcycle shop or the only cell phone store or the only, I don't care what store it is, but they're the only one like them near them. Well, that doesn't mean you don't have any competition. It just means you don't have any local competition because we're all in competition with the internet and you need to embrace it. You can fight it, right? But you can't completely pretend that it doesn't exist because it's not going away. It's only going to get more and more prevalent. And we talk about things like discounts and how, how if not carefully used, not only does it reduce the profitability of your business, but it also reduces the value to the consumer of our industry. And you need to think about that too. Remember the old phrase, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. It's super important and I don't care where you apply it, it's applicable. Paying your taxes, not paying your taxes. Ordering parts, not ordering parts. If you're a hog and you have everything, you're probably using money that you don't have. And unless you're working hard to implement proper distribution and proper placement on the internet and proper placement in your showroom and prudent measures of saving money too, not just spending it, you can be the reason that you don't survive. Most people do not get put out of business from competition. Most people get put out of business from a lack of competition. And I want you to think about that for a second. You have to play the game to win, but you have to play to win to win too. 
Playing to win doesn't mean that you besmirch somebody else. I have a rule at the shop here. We do not talk negatively about our competition. Number one, it's low-hanging fruit. Number two, it's always subject to perception, right? Someone's perception is there is the reality. If someone perceives you to be nasty and discrediting, they're going to see you as nasty and discrediting. If somebody perceives you to be unhappy, they're going to think you're an unhappy person. If someone thinks they got a good deal from you, then they got a good deal from you. It's all relative, right? Money is only one metric that business is measured by. It's only one metric. There's so many other things. I'll give you an example. Let's say, um, I'll use this as an example, and this isn't to pat myself on the back. This is just an example of showing you how one little random act of kindness helped me make friends with somebody that I'm still friends with to this day. I had just moved to Plant City, Florida. It's a small rural farming community outside of Tampa, only about 20, 25 minutes. It's very well-traveled, very well-known. If you've had strawberries in this country in the wintertime, they usually come from Plant City. It look on your in your strawberry thing. It's the strawberry cat. It's the winter strawberry capital of the United States. Well, anyway, so there's lots of things that are farm based around there. In 2010, we moved down here and we opened Cycle Stop USA in Plant City. And I was driving over to my parents' house one day and I saw a biker on the side of the road pulled over with his seat off. He was uh, riding an old 2003 Indian Scout, uh, one of the Gilroy Indians. Not my favorite bikes, but a nice V-twin nonetheless. Pulled over. The guy had a dead battery. I helped get him get his bike to my shop. We put a battery in it. It ended up being a charging system. Well, that was in 2010. And to this day, if he needs anything for his motorcycle, he comes and sees me, right? So his perception was that I was a night, nice, even though I was a new guy in town, no one had heard of me. Uh, there was, you know, I, I, he hadn't heard of Cycle Stop USA even being in town. He didn't know there was a Harley shop in town. Here we are. I pull over. I help him. And his perception is that I'm a helpful guy. I'm a nice guy. So he does business with me. He also tells all of his friends to do business with me and his family to do business with me. And so those are the kinds of things that, that you need to do if you're going to be competitive. Here's the other thing. You're not just competing with your neighbors. You're not just competing with the internet. You're not just competing with a business across town. You're competing with yourself. You have to up your game. Just like the Dallas Cowboys need the Houston Texans. You need to up your game. You need to challenge yourself to do new things. You need to challenge yourself to think new ways. And shopping your business as a consumer is a very good way to develop what those things are going to look like, what those things are going to be, what those things are going to entail. Looking at competition in an unhealthy manner is unhealthy. And here's what looking at competition unhealthy looks like. Somebody new comes into town, right? They rent a building. They get business cards printed. They're paying their taxes. They're advertising. They're going to bike nights. And they're taking your customers. You need to look at yourself first. You need to find out why this customer 
is now going over there. Are they the type of person that wants to support local businesses? So they, they, they hop around and they try all new local businesses. If that's the case, don't worry about it. They'll be back. They're going to need your services again. Did you work on this person's bike and maybe not do a good job? Maybe. Did you work on this person's bike and not follow up with them to make sure they were happy? That's an important thing to a lot of people. I can tell you that when we implemented that procedure here at my business, where every single customer that had their motorcycle worked on received a call within 10 days of picking up their motorcycle, we only took two minutes of their time. We asked them five questions, asked if there was anything else they would like to see us do or carry or provide or offer as a service. Our, our, our numbers were considerably up. It also gave us an opportunity to verify that we had the correct information to contact them in our computer. And we asked them for permission to be on their, for them to be on our mailing list so we could contact them through email. And some people said yes. Some people said no. Some people didn't answer the phone. Some people didn't want to answer the questions. But everybody got a call back. Right? So the perception of their service experience was that not only did we care enough to earn their business on the front and do a good job in the middle, we made sure that we did a good job because we called back to find out if we did one or not. And if we didn't do a good job, and there were a few, not many, but a few, we did something for them, whether it be a gift card, invite them back in, offer them another service at a lesser expense or free, depending on the severity of, of how their perception of how they were treated was because perception is reality. So if somebody opens up a, a motorcycle shop or a coffee house or a jewelry store or a cell phone store or a vape store, or whatever it is that people are opening up these days, um, window tinning shop, any number of things. And they're taking business away from you. The first place you need to look is in the mirror. You need to shop your own business as a consumer. You need to pay attention to what you're doing. You need to pay attention to how your customers are being greeted. It needs to be consistent. But competition is not a bad word. Competition is a good word. Competition is a healthy word. Competition is absolutely paramount and a necessity in business. And if you think that it's not, and every time somebody opens a business up, you look down your nose at them, I'm going to tell you that that's not going to serve your needs. You're going to come off as, what's the right adjective? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a nice adjective. You're going to look at somebody who's an elitist or somebody that, it, that you know, is scared. or you know, They're going to look at you. Why is this person uh, talking about my business? Why is this person not visiting my business? Why is this person not encouraging my business? Because it is a definite barometer of the health of the motorcycle industry. If we act like crabs in a bucket, and I use the motorcycle industry because that's the one that I know the most about. If we act like crabs in a bucket, every time a new business comes out and we want to pull somebody down, we need to think about that. If you're pulling somebody down, that means you're already, you've already acknowledged that you're beneath them. And if you're already beneath them, then you need to look in the mirror and you need to think about why you feel the way you do. And you need to pay attention to that. And you need to 
Think about that. And you need to make sure that you're not being part of the problem, that you're being part of the solution. Because like I said, you can't come to me with a problem. You have to come to me with a solution. And competition is absolutely the most important piece of any business transaction because nothing is good or bad until you compare it to something else. So we can sit here and we can talk about competition all day and we can and we can belabor that point to death, but I, I don't think that it bears repeating. I think you need to think long and hard about your own business. You need to learn to shop your own business as a consumer. You need to embrace competition. You need to look at it from a healthy standpoint. If somebody, and think about this, if somebody is coming into the industry that you're already in, what does that say about the industry that you're already in? If somebody else thinks that it's healthy enough and that it needs more people in it. And so the rising tide that lifts all ships is one that is going to lift yours as well. Because if you're already out of the starting blocks, you don't have to run to catch up. Think about that for a second. So this is a short one today. We're at just about a half hour. Some things require more uh, discussion than others do. And when those subjects require more discussion, we will have more discussion. I want to thank you all for all the wonderful DMs and all the shares and the likes. If you could leave me reviews, that would be awesome. Um, you know, we don't charge for this. You know, I do have some sponsors. They help us out. I do this because I care. It's something that's super important to me. I like sharing information with people. I don't mind competition. I view competition in a very healthy manner. And when I'm not doing well, I look in the mirror. I shop my business as a consumer. And I think about what that looks like. Remember to visit our sponsors' websites. It helps everybody out, helps me out, helps put this thing on on a regular basis. I appreciate everybody. If you've got something specific that you want me to uh, address, please reach out to me. If you're not following the Garageville Podcast on Instagram, please do follow my personal page at Speed Metal Built. And listen, follow my new page, Torque Mag USA. We're doing big things over at Torque. We're excited about that. That's the first new publication in the motorcycle industry in quite a long time. It's focused on the performance twins, uh, every that part of the industry. I partnered with Chris Callen and Heather Callen from Source Media. It's a fantastic publication. And there's a weekly live stream every Thursday night on Facebook Live and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been the Garageville Podcast, Episode 68, Competition. Talk to you very soon.